This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Kalo, makers of the silicone wedding ring. The Kalo silicone ring is the functional wedding ring for an active lifestyle. Kalo's rings are durable, comfortable, and always safe for your finger. No matter where your active lifestyle takes you, Kalo makes it possible for you to never go without your wedding ring again. Matt, I have the best story today, and it actually plays into the topic we're going to be discussing in the podcast. I love a good Doug Hay story, so the fact that this is the best one makes me really excited. Well, I don't know if it's the best one, but it's pretty good, and it doesn't have to do anything with paddleboarding. It actually relates back to what we're talking about. All right, so as I've mentioned before, and I mentioned a few podcasts ago, I was recently in Vermont for a bachelor party, and we were staying in these cabins, and you know, just a bunch of guys hanging out in the cabins, and we were grilling one of the one of the actually the groom is a a chef, and his specialty is meat is is a uh, barbecue, and so we was they were planning on having a lot of barbecue, a lot of ribs and different things that he was going to be cooking. Real man fest. Real man fest, exactly. You know, just hair on your chest kind of thing, right? And of course, here I am, the the vegan who doesn't even know half the people at the party. Um, right. <laughs> you know, kind of bringing everybody down, right? But it started out, there was this one guy that really thought it was funny that I was a vegan and poked fun of it a lot. You know, he kept saying, well, what are you going to eat? We're going to be eating all these meat. And, you know, just kind of, you know, making fun of me quite a bit um, as people do is when they're uncomfortable with with vegans around and the way i approached it is the way i normally approach things which is to normally approach this topic anyway is to just kind of brush it off and joke around about it to you know say oh well you know i'll probably just eat carrots or eat the grass or you know different things like that right. and um you know he kind of didn't really know what to do with all that and he continued to make fun of me for the first day or two but then by the end i noticed that he was he was asking me all these questions throughout the weekend and really playing into or really curious about the whole diet and how it affected my running and all this stuff. And, you know, I would answer it, but I certainly wasn't trying to shove it down his throat. But by the end, on the last day, we had gone out to eat, and I noticed that he was really focusing on the on the menu. Is that a pizza place? You don't really need to read through a menu too much on a pizza place. And he was really focused on this menu, and he, and he came over to me. He's like, Doug, I'm... I'm really concerned that I don't know what you're going to eat here. (laughs) And he was like really concerned about it. It totally changed from the making fun of to, to really looking out for me and spending, investing his own energy and time into making sure that I would be okay. It was a, it was a complete shift. It was neat to see that over the course of three and a half days. That is really good. That says a lot about the, this approach. Uh, I I was hoping that you were going to say that by the end he, he voluntarily had a tempeh barbecue or something instead of the, the pulled pork with everyone else having. (laughs) No, 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 not no. quite he, that good. He didn't do that, but okay. Still, that's. I mean, that's that's great, and uh, I think I think that situation is is not uncommon at all for you. I know I've been in that. I mean, you when you were telling the story, you said I was the guy who's kind of bringing everybody down, and I think I think that is the perception of some people is that like you're here, so you're going to kind of ruin this for everyone. Uh, but I think once once, and that's because that's what we associate or what people associate with vegans. They think that, that the vegan is there to make everyone else feel bad about eating meat and try to convince everyone that they shouldn't be doing that. So I think that's the big difference between our approach and what 
is thought of is the stereotypical approach to spreading the vegan message. Uh, what I think is that this I think this approach works better personally. The the just kind of laid back, be cool about it. I think it's actually more effective in spreading the message. But that's not really what we. I mean, this episode is kind of about how do you act in these social situations because that question comes up all the time. Right. How do you act with friends and something like that? How do you act when you're out at a restaurant? Mm-hmm. And how do you act when you go back to your family? And if, if your family still eats a certain way and you live on your own, you go back and you say, hey, I'm not going to eat this at Thanksgiving dinner. That's kind of weird, right? That, that causes yeah. some friction sometimes. Um, so we're going to talk about that sort of stuff and maybe spring from there into just a, a general discussion about the approach to spreading the message. Because they're, they're sort of different topics, but they're related, right? So this first one is how do you get by socially and, and make veganism work in a social situation? The second part is how do you actually use those opportunities in social situations to spread this message or if you right. do it all uh and i think you can i think i think the way that i like to act in a social situation i think also is really helpful in spreading the message just as like you said it's not as loud as the other approach for sure mm-hmm. but i think it's a very subtle quiet way of influencing people sure yeah so i guess before we go into those approaches i'm just curious what your thoughts are on why you think people get so defensive or upset about you know why why someone would start making fun of me as soon as they heard i was vegan (laughs) (laughs) that's a good question because because if a if a i think there are a lot of parallels between this and being really really religious and wanting to spread that message because that's something that happens in religions a lot of the the teaching is that this is a message that should be spread and should be shared so that everyone will come to our side um Somebody probably wouldn't make fun of you for being super religious on a bachelor party there, right? They wouldn't They no. wouldn't be making fun of the religious guy. Until they got to know him, I guess, then, yeah. then maybe they would. Actually, then they definitely would. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's I think it's a threat. I think it feels threatening to people because right. because it's, I guess, implicitly, you're, the, the assumption is that you are judging them because mm-hmm. you're choosing what they think you perceive as a higher moral ground and... Therefore, you're you know you're looking down on them because you, because you choose to eat this way and they don't choose that. Yeah, I think I think that's what it is. I think they feel judged, they feel threatened a little bit, um, and and they probably there's some part of them that probably knows that this is a much healthier way to eat, or that at least maybe they shouldn't be for three days straight eating nothing but ribs and and beer. Yeah, um, see, I don't I don't think some I don't think it's universally agreed upon that eating vegan is much healthier than not i think right. certainly our crowd doesn't think so and i think so but not everyone does but i think you're right i think when people are talking about drinking a ton of beer eating a bunch of barbecue generally they know that that isn't a healthy behavior and i think the perception is that because you eat vegan that you also think that is wrong not just the eating of animals but mm-hmm. the eating of unhealthy food right. is wrong and then they suddenly they feel like they're being judged for that too or that they should be doing something different right yeah when in fact you could eat vegan junk food and beer and i'm sure you did eat some of that and drink some of that all the whole weekend so mm-hmm. it's not like you necessarily did anything that much healthier sure um no it's definitely not healthy that <laughs> right. um but yeah and i also and i also think that probably a lot of people assume as soon as they hear that you're vegan or, or notice that you're vegan assume that you're going to be shoving it down their throats so assume that you're going to be vocal about that towards them and they don't want to have to deal with that as right. well Right. And that's why I think the other approach is so effective. I think, it, first of all, just the, the surprise value of not being that way, mm-hmm. I think that catches people off guard, gets them to put down these barriers that go up when, when they're surrounded by someone who they perceive is just out to change them. Right, right, exactly. So let's, we'll get there in a minute, but um, 
this just general approach to to acting with friends. And so, I mean, what what we're doing with this episode is answering that question: is how do you make social situations work? Um, but I think we should we should clarify that this is not the only way to do stuff. This is the way that you and I have done things. We have that in common. That's probably what attracted you to Nomad Athlete when you first found it. Um, so it's not a coincidence that we have the same approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and also from you know hanging out together, doing podcasts together, our approaches have perhaps converged. Um, but there certainly is another approach to this. I mean, our approach is generally going to be the one that is not about making this a protest, right? For for veganism is a form of protest for a lot of people. It's a it's this choice to say I'm not going to take part in all this other stuff. And for some people, it's about being vocal and visible about that. For me, while it is a sort of protest in that way, it's more it's more of one that is a personal one and an internal one. It's not something that I'm doing so that other people see me doing this right uh no meat athlete is a great way for me to share that with people but when i'm out when i'm at at a barbecue or at a restaurant like my my goal there isn't i want to make people aware of that i'm vegan so that they can see that there's another way to live right so i think that's the big difference i'm not saying that ours is better than that this is the one that has worked for me and you matches really well with the tone that we do things with on the site um but i don't know i mean so I, you know, I, I'm expecting that we'll ruffle a few feathers for sure, for for sure, from the people who who do have that approach. But I don't know. I'm not calling that wrong. I mean, I think I think it has its place. I think it does it does change people for sure. But I think there's a large group of people who are not changed by that kind of behavior, and I think that's where our approach helps. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um, I guess just in terms of general principles or concepts of how you and I and other people who share this approach, how they do things in a social situation. Um, what I mean, when you when you look at what you this story of of going camping and having this situation, are there certain principles that you would say that kind of apply there that that are summarized the way that you have done things or do things? Yeah, I would say that I, I would say that for me, my my first approach is to join them in the poking fun of me kind of thing. Right. You know, make fun of yourself. Right. Make yeah. fun of yourself. So then they, I don't. It, I think it takes down a wall of of me versus them and kind of allows us to get on the same page even though they're poking fun at me and right. um which i mean sorry to interrupt you but this i mean i i use that approach all the time if i'm getting made fun of about anything i don't know my height i mean i used to get made fun of for my height all the time because i'm only five six now and growing up in school i was always the shortest one in my class so like i just learned to that if i if i wasn't defensive about that Mm-hmm. And as long as it wasn't really hurting me, if I got to the point where like I'm not actually hurt by someone making fun of me being short, right? Uh, then the better approach than than fighting it or, or trying to say, uh, trying to actually give reasons why it's not a bad thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was just so much easier just to like join them and make fun of myself, and then it was done. And that was right, you know, because they say, oh well, that, I guess that that making fun of stuff doesn't bother that guy, <laughs> so I'm not gonna do it anymore. Yeah. So I mean that's exactly what you're doing here, but I think I think for some people to hear that is totally different. Like when that that they would some people would argue with you and say you should not not make this something to be made fun of, right? That, that when you do that, you're you're taking you're taking their sign and you're you're agreeing that that veganism is something to be made fun of, not something to to stand up for. Sure. You know, but in this case I think by by joking around about what I would eat, you know, just leafy greens and carrots and and that kind of thing. And then to not actually only eat that, it kind of it, it put us on the same level. It it took away it it showed him that I wasn't going to be super aggressive about this from the very beginning. And then he could actually see 
what I was eating, I could de- then demonstrate, um, you know, what what vegans really can eat when they're at in a situation right. like this. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I, I was asking you just to see what you say, but I mean, I, I agree. I think make fun of yourself if you, if people see that you can do that. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, it just changes the whole the whole situation. Time, right? It's yeah. just different. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So uh, I think that's really important. With uh, the other thing that I would imagine you did with this thing is you didn't go in there expecting this chef guy to have the food for you. Sure. Right? It wasn't that, like I'm going to this thing and I expect they're going to make some sort of vegan dish for me um, because I, I am entitled to that. And yeah. I just had it, right? So what you probably did something to prepare. Right. I did. I, I brought several meal bars, <laughs> um, you know, just because I didn't know what I would have to eat. And, and as as much as he was making fun of me about what I was going to eat, I didn't know what I was going to eat either. And I didn't know what the, <laughs> right, right. what would be available. So when we did go to the store, cause we did go to the store to stock up on food, you know, I just casually went over and got some veggie burgers and things like that, that, uh, that we could, that I could grill as well. Um, but I, but I, before I even got there, I've stocked up on a, a few different meal bars and lots of snacks, some nuts and, and seeds. When and you say like meal that. bars, like, like meal replacement bar things, no, like a, like pro bar, you okay. know, yeah, meal not like, I don't know, whatever, energy bars that are high in calories. Gotcha. Okay. That, would, that would fill me up sure. if, if I didn't have a full meal. Right. So I think, I mean, camping is one situation. It's not like you can very easily bring your own dish to, to a camping event and expect it to, you know, last you the whole weekend. But like if it's a party, if it's a friend's party or if you're sure. invited to a dinner, you know, say it's a holiday, like a family holiday, and this is going to the family thing, but just a holiday at a friend's house or a family's house or whatever – and they're making a big dinner that everyone's going to eat. Not maybe not sit down eat, but like they're going to make a kind of a buffet style serve yourself meal, and everyone's going to go do that. Those types of things. What I generally do ahead of time, assuming I know the person well enough, uh, is just say, "Hey, is it okay if we bring this thing for ourselves?" Or like, or not even this is it okay, but hey, we'll yes, we'll contribute this. We'll bring this massive salad mm-hmm. thing, or I don't know, some sort of maybe a bean something with beans in it just a dish that that we could eat that will not be a weird vegan dish like i wouldn't say let me bring this tofu something dish to the party right um i mean not there's anything really wrong with bringing tofu to a party but i feel like that just that's just something that makes things weird it's just something like people say oh that's the weird vegan food like bring something that's not a weird (laughs) vegan a natural addition to whatever they're serving already yeah Yeah. but know that if nothing else you will eat this food that you brought Mm -hmm. and it'll be cool and like if you're going to a barbecue, like you said, bring bring veggie burgers or bring something that is for you. Uh, but I don't think you need to make a big deal out of it. You can let the host know that you're going to be bringing this. But I don't think otherwise you need to make a scene, right? It's not like okay, time to go get my veggie burgers. And I mean, just I don't know. I just try to be low key about it and just do it because I don't like to attract attention to the fact that I'm vegan. I don't certainly if it comes up in conversation, happy to talk about it. Sure. But that's not my goal in a situation. Situation is not let's make sure everyone knows that I'm vegan so that that comes up. Right. Absolutely. And that's, and that's, we want to talk a little bit about, about being at restaurants. And I think that's a big thing that vegans struggle with when they're with friends or especially with people they don't know, maybe coworkers or or don't know that they're vegan. And then you sit down at a restaurant and, and all of a sudden it kind of comes up or someone brings it up like, Oh, are you going to have anything to eat? Um, yeah, that's, that's when it comes up. So how do you handle the restaurant situation? So I guess it depends. I mean, if it doesn't have to come up, I, I don't bring it up. Sure. I mean, if it if it does, again, fine. I have no shame in being vegan, but it's just not my goal. I try to act like I'm a normal eater, and I try to I try to present this as normal a thing as possible. Like my goal at the end of a dinner, for the sake of spreading this message, would be for someone to say, at the end of the dinner, say you know, start to think about what I ate and say, hey, that guy didn't eat any animal products. 
wow, this actually isn't all that weird as I thought it was. Like, you can actually do this and <laughs> mm-hmm. not make a scene at a restaurant and not have trouble eating. So that would be my ideal situation. If I could find things that, that were vegan options on the menu, and I would order those options, and definitely I would say make sure there's no cheese on that or make sure there's no mayonnaise on that or whatever, if, if I thought that stuff was going to be on there. And maybe sometimes I would say, also, I'm vegan, so if you could not add the cheese, that'd be good. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that, that at least makes it a little bit, make sure it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not ashamed to say that at all, but I just don't go out of my way to say it. Right. So, you know, I, I do that. Um, for a long time, I had the policy, and I learned this from my friend Carl, who had sort of a, a he was on our podcast a while ago. Um, I think it was about how to travel the world on a plant-based diet or something like that. Um, but he had a blog post a long time ago about a sort of a Buddhist approach. And the idea was that a Buddhist monk, I guess they would bring their bowl from town to town or wherever they were going and uh, what they would never do was reject food, right? They were kind of they were kind of begging. They were asking for food. Uh, they were monks, and I guess they didn't produce anything on their own, and they, they were supported by people giving them stuff. So they would never turn down something that was given to them. And that was this that was his approach. His approach was that I'm not going to, even when I'm paying for something, I'm not going to turn down a food that comes to me. When someone's supplying me with providing me with food, or when an animal has has you know, not, not intentionally, but has given its life for this food, I'm not going to say no to that and have it go to waste. So he said, so what I'll do when, when I get the wrong thing, if I ordered a, che- a pizza with no cheese on it and it came out with cheese on it, he said he would try very hard to get other people to see if anybody around him wanted that. But if they didn't, then he would eat it himself. Mm-hmm. So for a while, that was my approach going into it. And actually, that, that made it easy for me to adopt this diet because I was kind of scared about that situation. And once I found that, I said, hey, that's going to be my policy. So now I know that if something ever happens on accident like that, I don't need to be the guy who sends it back and says, I can't eat this. I'm vegan um, or I'm vegetarian or whatever it was at the time. It, it made it feel like now I, I don't know, now, now I have this one, this weird situation is not going to happen because if it does, I'm just going to do this and eat this food. Right. Is it, I, is it worse that, you know, that kind of raises the question. Is it worse to eat the pizza with cheese on it or to throw away the pizza with cheese on it and have that same cheese go to waste? Yeah, and and it's I mean it's t- definitely an ethical question. Like from a health perspective, you know, so people who are in this for health would say it's I'd rather just waste the thing. I'm not gonna not gonna eat that because I don't think it's healthy. Right. Um, but yeah, I think you could you could kind of go either way. And I think a lot of people just just you know, I know for a fact like once I got used to eating this way, like if you serve me a cheese pizza now accidentally, I wouldn't really be able to eat it. Right. It's not, not that I would vomit it up. It's just I would ha- I just wouldn't be able to put it in my mouth. It'd be weird for me to do that. Mm, sure. So. I've since, you know, I don't know, two or three years ago kind of changed that policy of mine. And, and I don't really know what my policy is. I, it's it's not eat anything that's not vegan, of course. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's just, <laughs> I, I just try to do it in the most low-key way as possible, really. The, the most non-aggressive way. If someone brings out a food, like, I apologize. I'm sorry, I can't eat this, but because I'm vegan, so, like, I just can't eat it. Can you, can you have them remake it? I'm sorry about that. Yeah. That that's all it is. I mean, that's that's yeah. being a normal, polite person. I think is how I think of that. But mm-hmm. uh, I, but I know that some people don't. Some people some people use that as their opportunity to to let everyone know that they're vegan. And I I get it. I understand why they do that. And certainly it influences some people positively. But I think there are a lot more people who are influenced negatively by that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I think this approach is better. So so this brings two things to mind to me. And the first is that this actually happens way less than I was afraid it would at the beginning. When I first went vegan, I thought that this kind of thing would happen all the time. And very, very rarely do I get brought out the wrong meal, right? Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is that 
I'm like you. I, absolutely, I wouldn't. You know, if someone brought out a salad and it had the chicken on it, and I'd ask for no chicken, then I, I there's no way I would eat that. Um, and same with a cheese pizza or whatever. But, but I do find that, and this actually happened to me on on that recent trip, was someone was making me a special breakfast um, at their home, and they they were making omelets for somebody else, and they were making me a special breakfast, and I watched it. They I was just sitting at the table as they were doing it, and and I watched they put some Worcestershire sauce in there, mm-hmm. which I think has anchovies or something, yep. um, you know. And that would have been, I, I saw them doing it, and and my first reaction was like, no, don't do that, you know. Right. <laughs> but but here they were making me a special breakfast. Uh, am I, I going to make a big fuss because the sauce has anchovies in it? So I didn't. And I ate it, um, and and I I feel totally fine about that. I wish that it didn't have that in there, uh, and and it didn't made the meal not no longer vegan but but i ate it and it was it was good and i was really appreciative that they were willing to to go out of the way and make me a mostly vegan uh breakfast instead of what they were making for everyone else yeah i think i i think i probably would have done the same thing as you in that situation uh, it's hard without being in the situation to to know but yeah that's that's a, a great right like if they were putting pieces of chicken in there you you probably wouldn't eat the meal no i mean you you certainly wouldn't eat the chicken and, and I think, like, if someone, if I get something that has goat cheese on it and, like, some crumbles of goat cheese on a salad, what I will generally do is push that stuff aside and not eat that. Right. And I'll be, I'll be conservative about it, right? I won't eat the lettuce that, that has any tiny speck of it. I'll make mm-hmm. sure it didn't touch it. Um, and I, actually, I don't care that much about touching it, but <laughs> I'll make sure that it doesn't have cheese in there. Yeah. And, I, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, some, a good bit of the salad will be wasted because I don't want to eat the cheese stuff that's on it. True. Um, so if you can push something aside, I'm happy to do it. But if it's, like, cooked together, that's a different thing. Like, a, a meal that was cooked with chicken. Let's right. say it was a pasta dish cooked with chicken in it with sauce and a you know, chicken cacciatore. I wouldn't just put the chicken aside and then eat the rest of it. I would just say, I, I don't know, just can't eat that. Yeah. I'm vegetarian or vegan, so I'm just not going to do it. But it's something like that where it's just Worcestershire sauce. I probably wouldn't try to make a deal. And I think the reason is because I think, in my mind at least, people get that. If I say, oh, I'm not going to eat that because chicken was in the thing and I'm just, I'm, I don't eat animals, so I'm not going to do that. But people don't really get, first of all, that there's fish in Worcestershire sauce. Mm-hmm. And I think they also don't really get, it just seems unreasonable that because there's a tablespoon of this one thing that probably is 3% fish, right? that you won't eat this whole dish now because that tiny bit of thing. And so that's why I would probably eat that. I, my, my, even thinking, what what is this doing, not just for me personally, but what is this doing for the vegan movement when I say, I'm not going to eat that. I think it's doing more harm than good by saying I'm not going to eat that thing. I think then suddenly people say, wow, well, I have this friend who's vegan and he's a jerk. He wouldn't even eat this little bit of oyster sauce. Way better, I think, is not make a big deal out of it. Probably not even let them know. Like not say, oh, that's not vegan, but I'm going to eat it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, just probably what you do. Just, you know, just yeah, just do it. Or or if I were if I were choosing not to eat it, I would probably – yeah, I don't know. I was gonna say that I would I would make up some excuse, but that's not true. I would I would if if I if it were like in that gray area for me, if it were a little bit further along the spectrum to the point where I did not want to eat it. Right. Uh, in that case, I would just say it. I would say I don't. You know, I, there's actually there's actually this in that sauce. So I'm not gonna eat that. Yeah, like chicken stock or um, pesto with Parmesan cheese in it or something like right. that. Then, right. then that's the opportunity to do a do a teaching lesson. Definitely. And in this case, for me, it it. I think it would have really it would have hurt this person's feelings. It would have um, caused a negative. You know, here they were going out of their way to be to be yeah, accommodating. Right, you right. Know? exactly. And 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 I want them to now think that when they have a vegan in their home, they can 
they they can be accommodating. They yeah. can, you know, that they're not concerned about that. That's exactly it. That, that someone is trying to go out of their way, and then you end up saying that's not good enough, and I can't do that. I'm not going to eat your food because right. of that. I think I think you're doing a lot of harm to the movement. Then, so the, I mean, I'm fully aware there are a lot of people who listen to this and probably are saying, how can you even call yourself a vegan if you're willing to do that in that situation? <laughs> and this, I, I don't know if this situation's ever happened to me. I mean, it's probably happened two times in six years that I've mm-hmm. a friend or someone has made me something that they didn't think had anything non-vegan in it but it did and i ate it i mean it it just doesn't happen very much at all um but i'm you know i'm fully okay with the identity of being a vegan and the knowledge that in that type of situation i would probably still eat that just for the sake of not not ruining that friendship and not ruining what this person now associates with what it means to cook for a vegan yeah um but you know i think i have a friend actually a good friend who, who has influenced me in many ways he's changed um that, that restaurant type policy that he used to have. He, he kind of convinced me that really in that situation, I should kind of be more true to myself and say, uh, if I if I were to get something that has a lot of cheese on it, I just, you know, I shouldn't eat that. I'm, I'm a vegan. That's my identity. I'm not going to eat something that has a lot of cheese on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, I, he he would disagree completely with what we're saying about that that you should do this. Because what he, what he says is that when you make this choice to be vegan for ethical reasons, assuming it's not just a health reason for you, but you're doing it for ethical reasons – that you you're making a choice not for your own sake but for animals sake so he says when you that when you then make a choice to do something that kind of lets you play it cool like like eating some non-vegan food to help you know to not make a big scene you're you're not making a choice for animal sake then you're making a choice for your own sake for your own sake a sort of a selfish choice just to keep things smooth and not not ruffle any feathers with your friends um so so he thinks that you should in you, that you should never in any situation compromise your values basically where i disagree though is i think what we just said that even if this is entirely about the animals not at all about my own um feeling awkward or feeling shy or feeling judged for being vegan not about that at all i think when you in that situation, if you say no, I'm not eating that because it has bushes here, and I'm, I'm I'm grateful that you made me a meal, but I can't eat this one because you you messed up that one thing. I think you're doing more harm to animals than than good, right? Because I think I think you've just turned one more person off from this diet, or or pushed them away from this diet in a situation where you could have, like you said, you could have moved them toward it. Because now, if they don't know they messed something up, it doesn't matter. They feel like they've done something good. For vegans, and now I think that that becomes part of their identity is that I'm someone who knows how to cook for vegans, and I'm and I support that sort of thing, even mm-hmm. though the choice isn't for me. So I, I think there's an opportunity to help animals in that way, in that choice to not make a scene about that. Um, but you know, people people definitely differ about that. And maybe even, and I think this is absolutely true. When that person made me that meal, they were like, "Oh, this looks pretty good." You know, maybe I'll do this again sometime. And maybe they'll make that meal sometimes. Even it wasn't a particularly healthy meal, but it was an almost entirely vegan meal. Uh, instead of egg omelets, which, you know, if they could do that a few times when they're cooking breakfast instead of the omelet, then that would be that would be a great thing for both animals and for the movement. And they can then identify more with yeah. with the vegan exactly. movement. Yeah. So what about what about going to see family for holidays where uh, I guess in a family situation, it's mo- it's more the difference between this and friends is that. In a friend situation, a party situation where you're going somewhere where people might not know you, it's quite possible that there's there's going to be misunderstandings and people won't know you're vegan, so there might not be a thing for you. Right. With family, 
it's, I guess it's a little different because people really know you. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I were to go to any family who's relatively close to me, they know how I eat. So the situation is different then because now it's not like there's uncertainty here. It's they know how I eat. Many of them might not agree with it. I'm lucky that my immediate family they're they're very cool about it and they're happy to support it however they can. Yeah. Um, but that you know it's a little bit different situation for that reason. Plus, I think there's a little bit more of the tradition in in the family mm-hmm. situation and a little bit more of like you're being an outcast because you're choosing not to partake in our traditions anymore <laughs> and this thing that's been in that whatever has been in the family forever and now you're going against that so i guess there's a little bit more of those kind of values issues that come up um i don't know i mean i've had almost no problems with this the make fun of yourself type of attitude like i have an uncle who i think i wrote this on my blog once i have an uncle who always jokes about it just makes a joke every single situation and the most recent time i can remember he he like at this party with probably 30 people, he brought out a plate, paper plate. Everyone else had burgers or whatever, and he had a piece of lettuce on it and said, hey, Matt, here's dinner. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, I didn't appreciate it, but for me, just, just kind of laughing at that and going along with it, like that's, that's just the way I handle those things. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't need to turn that into a situation for me to try to uh, convert someone or to try to defend my, my choices. I mean, it's just for me, that's an opportunity to let the 30 people who heard that say, hey, Matt's pretty cool about this whole thing. And maybe the next vegan they meet, they're going to assume that person is sort of cool about it and not just out to, to fight or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, anything for you, family? Like, do you have any family situations that are, that are tough? No, I mean, my family is generally very cool about this. I think with family, especially with immediate family, I would be a lot more strict than I would with friends. And, and you know, I, I think if I saw my mom throwing in Worcestershire sauce, I would, yeah. you know, I would be like, Mom, no, right. don't do that. <laughs> yep. Um, because they're not going to, I mean, they know you well, and they're not going right. to suddenly change their opinion of you or this thing because of one thing like that. Sure, absolutely. So, you know, so I think I'm a, I'm a little more vocal in front of my family. Um, but in, in just like I would with friends or going over to some potluck or someone else's, you know, Friendsgiving kind of thing, I try to do what I can to, to bring my own dish. I try to be more upfront in the meal planning side if I'm, if I'm visiting relatives were for a holiday and i'm there for several days i'll try to be a part of the meal planning um you know just to make sure that there is something something good that i'm excited about eating um and you know just be a little more upfront and a little more more vocal about it with family than i am with with friends or, or and and i think that pretty well sums up what the whole strategy is like people ask me all the time about this question is how do you deal with social stuff how do you go out to restaurants how do you deal with friends? How do you deal with family? The answer all the time is I'm really open about it. I'm not out there to try to change people. I just be honest and communicate what the situation is and make little judgment calls, have a gray area where it's like sometimes maybe I'll, I won't eat the Worcestershire sauce and sometimes I will. So like that, it's just, I don't know. I think, I think just being open, talking ahead of time, not being weird about it. For me, having the blog has really helped with that because when I had this blog and started sharing it with all my family, like say, I would say, like you know, I know you're not eat, don't eat this way, but if you do know anyone who does, can you please share this with them? This is when I was trying to get it started. Mm-hmm. So having that out there, it eliminated a ton of the situations where people don't realize that you eat this way, right. which probably happens in a lot of family situations. That your aunt, you're going to your aunt's house, or they're coming over, and they they have no idea that you eat this way mm-hmm. if you don't talk to them very often. Right. So that was just another way of going down the path of openness and and it being out there and known to people. So that helped me, and really, I mean, this stuff has not been a hard thing for me. Like that has not ever been a big stress point in my life. Is what happened with the social situation when I 
started eating this way. I would say I probably have fewer dinners with friends and family than I used to. That that's been one thing that is hard for me to deny. Mm-hmm. That it's just it's just it's something we choose to do less. Like we used to like with my dad, we used to you know make pizzas, make all kinds of food. We were both kind of into cooking together. Since I made this choice, that doesn't happen as much. But it's not like we see each other less or, or appreciate each other less. We just don't. That's just not the activity that we do right. anymore. So um, that's that's kind of it. Let's talk really quickly about just. You know, because a lot of for most people who choose to eat this way for ethical reasons, the goal, at least part of the goal, is to spread the message. I mean, you like would I like it if if most of the whole world changed how they ate and started to became vegan? Certainly, like that would be. I, I think if that that happened suddenly, I think it would create a lot of weird problems. Suddenly, the whole economy would be totally changed. <laughs> a lot of people would have no jobs, and it'd be not not a great thing, maybe, but. Uh, I think over a very long term, certainly. So I mean, I I want people to adopt this diet, of course. I don't really call it that. My goal is that I'm set out to make change for people, but I I do hope that other people, as a result of seeing me, will change their behavior for sure. Uh, and I think it'd be hard to hard for someone to deny that. So the question then is, how do you spread the message? Because as we've said a bunch, there there is the stereotypical vegan approach, the militant vegan approach to saying you're wrong for not eating this way. Um, here's why look at these animal cruelty videos or photos. And if you're eating meat, then you are participating in this. It's just as bad as you being the one who is mistreating this animal in this way. So the question is, how do you spread the message instead? And it's basically, it's what we've said. These choices that, that I tend to make to kind of make it easier on myself, I think are also the ones that, um, are, are good for the movement. I think it just, I think People are so used to that other side of it, fairly or unfairly. They think that's what vegan is about. And I think when you surprise people, when you catch them off guard by not being that way, I think you you kind of have this little wedge, this chance to get in there and relate to them in some way. And I think that's where change can actually happen, actual conversations, and they can start to see your side. And I think that's that's kind of how you can start to change somebody. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that, that moment when they realize you're vegan and they've been talking to you for their you know, at a party for the last hour and you haven't mentioned it yet. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, then they're like, wow, you know, and that that's when they're so much more open to the conversation than if you were, I don't know, protesting the burgers that are being served at that, that same party. Right. Um, right. And not that that's bad. Protest has its place. Protest has done, done things for other movements oh, yeah. too. It's not that it, I'm not at all saying that that shouldn't happen. It's just that I, I don't think that reaches everyone. I think there are a lot of people who are not reached by that kind of way of spreading it. And I think that this way does get some additional people um what you just said reminded me ben franklin in his autobiography has a has a paragraph or two about the way that he tried to persuade people and what he what he said was that what he found was that if he used terms like certainly or without a doubt and basically just set the message that he believed his approach was right no matter what and that there was no room for argument with this because his thing was right and that was it he said he found that 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 while up to that point that had been the the approach to persuading someone is you you be as confident and forceful as you can about your own what he found was that by not doing that by by putting some hesitation in your thoughts and some um you know just just sending the message that you don't have all the answers you don't know for sure that your choice is the only choice but you're willing to have an open conversation about it he said that that he found was way easier to persuade people because they could they could suddenly see you as someone who who was rational and you know who wasn't um radical about some idea because when you know when you start to sense that somebody is so into something that you think that's their whole life and that they that they don't 
accept other viewpoints, you know, you don't, you don't even want to talk to that person. You don't even want to listen to them. And that's how I am with like people who are radically religious. Mm-hmm. You know, like that, when someone comes at me with, with that sort of message where it's, this is the only approach to religion or the only approach to life, really, I'm not going to listen to that at all. I mean, I'm, I immediately shut down because I think, okay, well, they're, they've been doing that for the past 20 years and that's, they're in their own world and they're totally, they don't, you know, they're, they've lost touch with reality. I feel like that with, with those type of people. So I think people are probably like that with vegans. You know, when, when they see or when they hear you're vegan, that's the perception. Is this person is so into this that they've gone down this rabbit hole so far that they don't even know what the outside world is like anymore. So I think when you can just be normal and have a conversation about it and like, I don't know, like when someone tells me that they're eating paleo now, usually the first thing I say is, hey, that's good because you're eating all these whole foods now and whole foods so much better than processed food. So I'm saying like, saying this good thing that they're doing that is also something that I'm doing, having eating whole and unprocessed food. And from there, I think we can start to have a conversation about why that food is so much better than processed food and then get to the point about if we wanted to, discussing whether the meat and dairy are good things or bad things in the diet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've, I think for you, I think you're in a unique situation, and, and I am too in a lot of ways, in that everyone does know your blog and all your family and friends know what you do, and it kind of automatically gives you a bit of a label. Um, sure. So, so I, have, I have a question about, you know, a kind of, I guess a personal question, but I think that one that will apply for a lot of people who aren't in your situation. Um, but first, let's take a word from our sponsor. This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Kalo. The Kalo silicone ring is the functional wedding ring for the active lifestyle. Made from hypoallergenic, medical-grade silicone, Kalo rings are safe, durable, and comfortable enough for all of life's greatest adventures. In the gym, on the trail, at the job, and everywhere else. Kalo was founded in 2013 by Ted Baker and Casey Holiday, two married guys who got tired of taking off their metal rings every time they wanted to work out, surf, work with their hands, or enjoy the outdoors. Ted and Casey loved their wives and wanted to show their commitments all the time, so they came up with a solution to their problem, the durable, comfortable silicone rings. The Kalo community is full of elite crossfitters, NFL quarterbacks, police officers, firefighters, triathletes, Olympians, and yes, vegetarian super endurance athletes, who, just like Ted and Casey, place the highest value on their commitments to all of life's greatest adventures. Kalo rings start at only $15.99, so go to Kalo.com. That's Q-A-L-O dot com and use the promo code NOMEAT, all one word, at checkout to get 15% off your next purchase. Kalo, we, we do. do. Okay, so back to our talk about militant veganism versus non-militant <laughs> veganism. Um, so, go ahead, you had a question. Well, yeah, so I get a question a lot. So I'm sure anyone, any regular listeners know that I obviously do this podcast, you know, so I, I have a somewhat of a vocal presence uh, through Nomad Athlete Radio, and then I do work with nomadathlete.com. But the other thing I do is write a blog, Rock Creek Runner. And I get questions mostly from vegans who have found Rock Creek Runner through Nomad Athlete stuff as to why I don't talk about being vegan, why, do I, why I don't spread the vegan message more on that blog, okay. um, on Rock Creek Runner. And the point of Rock Creek Runner is trail and ultra running and, and how to how to approach trail and ultra running and and that I want to keep it that main point but at the same time I also want to share who I am and share my beliefs and and be the best vegan I can be um, but I, I tend to separate those two and hardly hardly ever mention uh, that I'm a plant-based athlete on the blog for someone who like me or even 
more separated than me, someone who's just a regular old vegan working a, a job that isn't related to veganism at all. How do you how do you live the vegan life and and share that message without you know without really putting it on your sleeve and putting it out on everything? Well, I think I think what you have there's an opportunity to do even more of what we said was a really important principle, which was what I said like if if you go to a restaurant and you spent the night hanging out with someone and at the end they realized what you ate and said, "Hey, that person didn't eat any animal products. They're actually vegan." And that wasn't that weird at all. They didn't have to do anything weird. They didn't have to order weird food. I mean, they just were normal people and they also did they're also vegan. Um I think one, one of the big things that I've kind of started doing from the beginning uh, really when I was doing the whole Boston qualifying thing was I realized that I'm, I was in a position where I, rather than push people towards this diet and say, you should be eating this way, because I, I never tell anyone that at all. I mean, I try to, I say the things that I believe in and what I do for my own self. And I, yeah, certainly I give suggestions and say, here's ways to do things, but I don't really ever say like, you should make this choice and said, this is for you. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what choice is for other people. So what I try very hard to do, and I'm not the only one to do this, is to be a good example of how you can you know how you can be as a person as an athlete as whatever um when you're also vegan and i think that's that's what opportunity you have is like we talk we joke about you winning this race recently <laughs> i mean so so now if someone reads your blog for a while and they read your blog post about you winning a 100 mile and they think hey that guy's a pretty good athlete he's a pretty good runner he knows what he's talking about i think when they find out later that you're vegan because you know i'm sure you'll put it in some post that that this is how you choose to live not again not saying like that they should do this or that this is for them but just talking about yourself saying you do this saying maybe it's even saying you, you find the diet helps you and you think it helps you for sports then suddenly i think that's more impactful than even something like no meat athlete where from the beginning they know that my stuff is coming from the perspective of somebody who eats this way right. and because they bring to that this preconceived notion that therefore I have this strong motivation to try to change everyone. Um, I think, I think the, the barrier is up. And, and so if I were to win a race, I just think it would be taken differently from someone who was brand new. And they would say, well, yeah, I think that just people start putting up walls and start trying to find excuses and find reasons why, but for you, it wouldn't be that way. It's just, you can just talk about winning this race. And then when a week later, two weeks later, you mentioned this, I think then that person, that's really powerful. I think then this, this guy's like, wow, that that person eats that way. Maybe I should try to do that and just see what happens to my fitness level. Yeah, and that, that's that been my approach from, from the beginning. I, I do try to separate them for that reason. and and I But I mention, I trickle in posts, I don't know, maybe once a month. There's no schedule or anything like that. But I, I, I do mention, I don't try to hide the fact that I am a vegan. But I think that some, some vegans um, are surprised by that and, and maybe wish that I would be more vocal about it. Uh, yeah, that, that's of kind course. of that's not not the approach that I take, and I think that's what kind of what we're talking about here. And then, yep. And I'll say it again. I think I think it's good that there are multiple approaches to spreading this message. I don't think we need to choose that there's only one right way to spread veganism. I think the protesting thing works for some people, and our way works for other people. So I think I think there's room for both. Um, though I I imagine this this episode will piss off a few people. I'm actually, I'm surprised that we didn't get more. Um, negative feedback about our runners post the types of runners because when we did when we finished that episode i was like wow we we might have come off as like real jerks there who hated everybody <laughs> because that post the blog post that was about that that we talked about from a long time ago that got that response and even though we prefaced it with that i was thinking we'd get all this negative feedback but we really didn't so maybe people just don't uh don't get too upset by podcasts maybe more more appreciative or, or accepting listeners than, than we thought maybe <laughs> i don't know but i i think anyone who i think podcast listeners because they listen to us so long uh, and that we're in their ear for 45 minutes or more, 
if they're really different from us, they're not going to be listening for, for long. I mean, that's just the nature of it. I mean, I wouldn't listen to a podcast of someone who I just couldn't stand or, or their approach I didn't get. So yeah. who knows? Maybe we'll get some negative feedback for this. But I bet not too much. I bet most people are going to be kind of in the same boat. And uh, if not, then hopefully they can appreciate the different message. Yeah. Um, by the way, I have an episode coming up. I did an interview yesterday with Phil Maffetone about um, his, his approach to running, which is a really unique approach about very, running very slow and uh, almost never going into an anaerobic zone. So we had this really great conversation about that for probably 25 minutes. I felt like it was going really well. We had a lot of good information shared, and then we went into diet. And I knew he didn't eat the same way as I did, but I just kind of thought it would be this thing. But it ended up him like putting forth a pretty um, – aggressive isn't the right word but but not uh not mincing words i guess in saying that he didn't think a plant-based diet could be healthy and uh i was i was caught off guard i didn't know what to say it was sort of like in this because i don't know my my whole thing is i don't i don't argue about diet like i don't get in fights about whose diet is better i say this is what i do it has worked for me uh it might not be for everyone but that's how it is so it was it was a weird situation because it was my podcast and i like felt like well i should probably defend this thing but at the same time, then I'm then I'm turning it into, I don't know what what Maffetone and everyone else expects a vegan to respond with, which is like here's the reasons why you're actually wrong about that, and here's all the things that I believe, and I just didn't want to go to that, so I don't know. So I, I basically said, well, you know, people are are going to disagree with that, and hopefully that doesn't mean that they won't listen to the rest of this good episode that we've had, and I, I said most of that. So I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to, to to hear what people think about that episode. But uh, I think I think it's just another example of the way that <clears throat> I've chosen to spread this message and just to kind of to be about this. And it's, that's exactly how I'd be at a party. Like if someone came at me at a party saying that plant-based diet was bad and that you needed to eat meat to be healthy because of this and this and this, I, I wouldn't start giving all these reasons. I mean, I, I think what I would say is, well, there are a bunch of doctors who, who would disagree with you and have done lots of research to the contrary. And that I mean, that's kind of where I would leave it. I, I don't go out to try to convince people to change. Right. Um, so anyway, the the, the Maffetone thing is, is, is a good episode. At the end, though, I think you'll hear another example of exactly that. Um, uh-huh. But anyway, just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah. And I think that that's probably why it's important for that there are people taking our approach and then why it's also important for the for those more militant movies, you know, more those movies that are more in your face and, and aggressive because they do play a different role. And um, Yeah, and that stuff, I mean, when I went vegan, it was because of one of those it was Earthlings, the movie about cruelty. Right. I mean, I, and I was going that direction anyway, but I was looking for some kind of nudge. So I was seeking out movies like that, things that are that more in-your-face approach. So I found that effective for, effective for changing me. But I also knew from the very beginning of going vegetarian, one of the reasons I had delayed doing it was because I didn't want to turn into a militant person. And I thought that's what I thought to become vegan or vegetarian means you're going to start judging people. It means you're going to start, you know, just being this way about stuff. And I, and I didn't want to. So I, for the longest time, that kind of approach really kept me away from this diet. And I think that's why to me, it's so important to not ever, ever put that approach out, you know, to, to be embodying that approach. Right. Right. And so I guess the last thing I would want to say, and I think you've already said this, but that they were not saying that those things are bad and that those people shouldn't do that. We're just saying that that's not how we act. And, and it, it, people want to be that way then then yeah go for it i i think i tend to think the movement has plenty of that stuff and i think it needs more of this stuff because i think this is the kind of newer approach that we haven't seen as much um but yeah like you said i don't i don't think any any of it is bad so great all right we've got to go um this has been good a little bit different episode somewhat somewhat more um i don't know 
cognitive, probably not the right word, but just not, <laughs> not quite about how to get your protein, but more about how to act. So, hope you've enjoyed it, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, take care, man.